0: hey thanks for listening to that brown girl podcast and choosing to spend a little time with the navarro sisters if you like what you hear feel free to download this podcast in each of our episodes so you can listen to us while you clean your car make another loaf of quarantine bread maybe even while you cut your own hair girl don't cut your own hair Whatever you're doing, let us hang out with you. Find That Brown Girl Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a quick review. We hope you enjoy the show. This episode contains discussions of eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to that Brown Girl podcast, where two Brown sisters highlight influential women of color. Each week, we share a little bit more about each of these women and take a critical look at some of the barriers that face women of color of today. We have a special guest today, our other sister, honorary Navarro sister, Bridget.
1: (laughs) Hi there. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Bridget, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I also grew up in Silverdale, where the both of you two grew up. I am a half-half, so my dad's a stereotypical white guy, and then my mom's also from the Philippines, so I get the best of both worlds on Thanksgiving. So we have lumpia and Ponce, but then we have mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey, right now i am engaged but of course i'm like at the other covid weddings that we're we just postponed it for now so hopefully we can just celebrate with more people up front that i guess that's my life right now yeah where are you living right now uh right now we are residing in bend oregon yes you know, okay. beautiful
2: beautiful city A beautiful with the last bend. star um
1: blockbuster
0: the last blockbuster, blockbuster. <laughs> and you
1: can go on Airbnb and have like a '90s night and uh, rent it out now. So it's pretty, oh, pretty cool, and it's like ten minutes away that. from my house. We can we do it. Do How that. much is the nightly rate for that Airbnb? Do you know? I think I read somewhere that it's only twenty dollars, which I find it hard to believe. But I mean, I haven't really looked what on do the Airbnb. Look like
2: are we sleeping inside the blockbuster? <laughs> i yes. think
1: so and then they have like a couch set up and then <laughs> um yeah they have like all the 90s movies like kind of pre-selected from my what Aww. i understand but yeah, that's just me that... everybody's sending me like the articles like the first yeah. day it was released so that's cool. just
0: me skimming that's awesome i i can't wait to visit because i just hear keep hearing really great things about Ben, like the best parts of washington I feel like it's, like in that city from what you've described to me, but elevated to where like the weather's just way better, <laughs> too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, and newer.
2: <laughs> it's like it feels newer. Like everything feels newer there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of um, like Silverdale. Like everything, needs construction. Yeah,
2: yeah. like it's looks just very not pretty. The most
1: diverse. Not yet, but I feel
2: like they're <laughs> they've got like the it feels welcoming enough that it can be become that. Absolutely. But That's
0: good. That's good that just, it feels welcoming. New. We're all in different parts of the the world right now. World. But, so I appreciate you guys meeting up with me on this podcast. Bridget and I are constantly listening to podcasts or constantly listening to podcasts. So you can imagine like our drives back from WSU and Whitman, how much like different it would be if we had podcasts back then. Could you imagine
1: Yeah. Well, I can only imagine because me and Mandy would always just blast Ashley Simpson. (laughs) there you go. (laughs) The whole six hours. (laughs) Exactly. Or if we take my
2: car, I only have CDs and there's only five songs on my one next CD and two of the songs are the same and it's ice cream paint job. So that's (laughs) not (laughs) the best six hour drive to listen. I remember I listened to that with dad probably nonstop for six hours. It was awful. <laughs> but we just needed to not listen to silence, so we were singing "Ice Cream Paint Job" together.
0: It's <laughs> cute. I mean, we covered a lot in like talking and catching up and all that stuff too. Um, but I just could imagine how different those drives would be if, if we had podcasting uh, this.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'd probably be better informed because it's just like you—you you happen to listen to a variety of different people and different opinions. And so I feel like I've been able to like gain more knowledge just from, you know, picking up on different people's podcasts and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Most Most definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, one podcast I've enjoyed over the last year or so that I know Bridget and I talk about is uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I was recently catching up on his newest season. So basically what he does is like, he gets celebrities on his show. So because he's self-deprecating that's just kind of how his comedy is and he's just like I need a friend can you be my friend and so these celebrities come on and say I'm so and so and I feel blank about being Conan O'Brien's friend so it leads to some pretty like funny discussions of like people being like I hate being Conan O'Brien's friend or I'm like cautious about being Conan O'Brien's friend.
1: I'm very apprehensive about being his Apprehensive about it.
0: Yeah. So the person we're going to be talking about today is Jamila Jamil. She is an actress better known most recently for her work in The Good Place. It was a comedy series on NBC and she was actually a guest on his show and I absolutely love their conversation and I love that she says, my name is Jamila Jamil and I feel better about my hair. Like being Conan O'Brien's <laughs> friend I feel better. and I don't know like I know Bridget and I talked about it Mandy. I don't know how familiar you are with Jamila Jamil or what she looks like or who she is or anything like that yeah I do
2: um I, I mean I watched The Good Place I did a little bit of reading about her but it seems like there's a lot about her I don't know which makes her even more interesting
0: she's a proponent for banks, Mandy I feel like, oh my God, Missy always maybe, wants me to
2: get these goddamn bangs. I swear to God. <laughs> bangs, like, every once a week. He looks so cute, cute in these bangs,
0: and I'm just like, oh my gosh, maybe would we'll look cute in bangs, too. But, yeah, no, she's been, she's iconic. She's been known for her bangs, and so I'm just yeah. like, or what they call, what the Brits call it, fringe, I guess. But fringe. it looks yeah. so good on her. And so, anyways, I... I didn't really know much about her. I love the interview. I learned a lot more about her because of it and was super fascinated with her. I've always like been attracted to her. Like when you see her on TV, she's just a very beautiful person.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: you you wonder like, because I, I didn't know what her acting experience was before this or I, I watched The Good Place pretty recently. I, I didn't watch it when it was on the air, and I really love it. It's definitely one of those shows that it's like safe to have playing around, playing with Mateo around. Yeah. But for the yeah, but for the most part, it has like compelling enough plot twists that make it like kind of a treat to watch and all that stuff. I also learned from Conan's podcast that one of the co that the co creator and showrunner Mike Schur, who also he also did The Office and Parks and Rec, and I think Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's like, of course I'm gonna love this show if he did it. But I like that she mentioned that his rule for anybody that works for him on any of his shows is to not be an asshole. You know, in in Hollywood, it's like kind of refreshing to hear that that some people have that kind of policy. And I found that most people on that he has cast on his shows, like I really enjoy following them on social media. They seem like really genuinely cool people that I would love to hang out with. Also, just really quickly, if I sound sick, it's because my allergies have been going nuts. I was just talking to Bridget about this. so. She's got the Rona. Not COVID. Jamila Jamil was born in London, February 25th, 1986, to an Indian father and a Pakistani mother. So she's about our age. And I remember, like, when we were teenagers and even before that, like, so many social media, societal pressures on girls to, like, look a certain way. Like, we see it in magazines, commercials, and how that transcends into, like, high school culture. So, like, it can seriously mess up a girl's confidence if she doesn't look like, you know... Like a blonde, skinny girl with certain measurements and a certain pant size. She blames uh, her, the the fact that she actually suffered from anorexia um, on some of the societal pressures and influences, and she 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 really struggled with that. So, like, I mean, I can totally see that. I just remember, you know, in high school, a lot of people would eat fries and pizza, and then I got it in my head that the salad bar was the only place I was allowed to eat it's like what the hell like who who tells 16 year old girls that they can't eat whatever they want to eat because like honey like of all times to be able to eat things without feeling like you got hit by a truck it's gonna be when you're 16 years old enjoy the pizza enjoy the Otis Spunkmeyer cookies you know what I mean
1: yeah because I read that um she started um having anorexia and body dysmorphia when she was even 14 years old so yeah like it's just such a crazy impressionable age and it's just it's sad yeah. that she was impacted that tough that young and then she still says like to this day she still suffers from body dysmorphia but i mean she's just accepted that like you know there's billions of people and she just made a choice to like love her body and accept her body so uh, Mm -hmm. that was really powerful about her
2: I think it's also just important to see like the people that you might idolize in terms of her appearance go through the same thing you know because it's easy to think oh she doesn't she doesn't have to worry about it you know but it like affects everybody in some degree and like more so than you would even think especially for someone who looks the way that she does you know so it's also like kind of comforting, not like her downfall is comforting, but it's nice to know that like, yeah, just because I look up to her for how she looks doesn't mean that she's not struggling with it too, you know? You know, like it's exactly it's kind of nice to see that.
0: And I think it says something about a woman of color also really being open and talking about that kind of thing too, you know, somebody who knows whose stretch marks are the same shade of brown that mine are, type of thing. Um, and not like some white girl who's like, I have a cellulite thing right here. It's like, yeah, but it's like cellulite's really normal, first of all. And second of all, like that's that doesn't look like me. So how am I supposed to relate to this right now? Body positivity. It's like, okay, you're also the same size I was when I was 14 years old, and you're 38. So like let's not yeah. I can't I can't relate to you. But Jamila Jamil is our age and you know a very real looking woman um, who is very open about these things so she she is very um, clear and candid about the things that she struggled with with even at an early age she later attended Queen's College in London and then speaking of bees she was accidentally struck by a car when she was running away (laughs) from what she thought was a bee and and it wasn't, I guess. So she was like running and she ran into traffic and got hit by a car. Um, and, yeah. And so from her interview with Conan O'Brien, she was bedridden for months to a year, I think it was. And she said it changed her relationship with her body. She said on Conan O'Brien's podcast, it was the best year of her life because you didn't have to interact with anybody. She stayed in bed, watched movies, ate food, was on some heavy narcotics to deal with the pain of her (laughs) surgery. She later pursued a career as a model and photographer after she had recovered from all that stuff. And she started appearing in television in 2009 on a music show called Music Zone on E4, which is like a Channel 4 television show uh, network in the UK. She became a co-host on the morning show Freshly Squeezed. And in 2010, she presented an online fashion advice show called The Closet. Her style is, like, I mean, I know we saw a lot of, like, her character's style on The Good Place, but, like, I I see her style on, like, Instagram and everything, and it's very just, like, androgynous, and, like, she wears a lot of, like, suits and um, things that tend to be a little bit more masculine, and I think that's, I, I love how she pulls that off. In 2014, she did more television hosting, radio show hosting, and even became the first sole female presenter of BBC Radio 1's chart show. She got into acting when she left London in 2016 and moved to LA, and according to a W Magazine interview she did with Lynn Hirschberg last year, she actually came to LA to become a screenwriter not to act. She was given a role in a new series that was coming up when her manager told her that the creator for the show was looking for a British actress, and even though she had no Prior acting experience, she knew that Mike Scher was the guy had the reputation in the business for being the guy to work for. And she she got called back to play and and got hired to and cast to play Tahani Al Jamil in the good place. And so her character, just to kind of briefly talk about it. So the good place is basically people go and die and they wind up in this place, which is theoretically the good place. And so it's got a great cast. So she plays somebody who died and led a life of luxury and accomplishment and she name drops
2: yeah yeah it's just like an eye roll of a character basically definitely
0: I I like Kristen Bell's character on the show because I feel like she was kind of all of us whenever Tahani would say something super annoying Mm -hmm. she's
2: (laughs) like I'm weirdly attracted to you right now (laughs) (laughs) she's like I want to be mad at you I love you I think (laughs)
1: that's I'm right so our about about that. own
2: sexuality just because this woman is like literally a goddess and you're like just the worst person too at the same time that you're like I don't know how I feel
0: about you yeah you're so tall <laughs> your skin's perfect like uh-huh
2: I have no reason to hate you based on like everything you've done in your life you know done in right. your life but yeah
0: in March 2020, she posed in a fully clothed suit and tie for Playboy magazines on speech oh, really? issue. Cool. Yeah, she later tweeted, from my from my Playboy shoot, I wanted to a shot like a, I wanted to be shot like a man. No retouching, high resolution, loose, comfortable clothes, and completely unsexualized. I felt extremely free. She actually just created a podcast called I Weigh and also has a Instagram with the same name, I weigh W E I G H. It's a movement against shame. It came from the fact that she was looking through Instagram and saw a picture of one of the Kardashians and there was a number and a line through them. And she thought, Oh, is that number like how much money they make or something? But she looked and it was like, how much they weigh? Obviously Instagram ends up picking up an algorithm and shows her a lot of that same kind of content. And she could not find anywhere where a man was being shown with how much he was weighing and so she was like she she shared this and it went viral so she created this instagram she created this podcast and what she said on conan o'brien's podcast that kind of struck me as like kind of encompassing of what her movement is she says in a movement against shame she posted what she weighed my financial independence my activism my relationship my friendships my eating disorders i've survived i wear the sum of my motherfucking parts." And she wants to educate kids, not cancel people, like this cancel culture. People tend to make people feel dumb and devalues progress. What is the point of activism if you're not open to the idea that people fucking change? So I thought that was cool. It's like an educational movement of empowering people to be, um, to look outside of what can be a very toxic culture of... Uh having certain measurements or wearing a certain size or looking a certain way. And so on Insta, she's actually been pretty openly critical of diet shakes and appetite suppressants, pretty much all the things that like all these influencers tend to get looped into pushing and getting paid to advertise. She actually started a petition to call for social media platforms to stop allowing celebrities to promote toxic diet products on social media. She put in a petition and had, you know, many signatures of people who want to make sure that social media platforms don't, will stop promoting this type of thing because it's, it's, for lack of a better word, it's toxic and it spreads, it's viral. People will see it and believe it and, and, and become accustomed to thinking that if I drink this certain tea, I will look like a Kardashian. And that is the goal is to look like somebody. It's not a goal to be able to become a smarter person or to become a kinder person. It's a goal to look a certain way. It's like, whereas these kids who are trying to do that will will soon find out just because you look a certain way does not mean you're going to be healthy in your mind. And, um, you know, you're going to come across a lot of other issues that you haven't addressed that are deep within you that a tea can't fix you know what I mean so that's a pretty iconic thing of what I know her for and she's very upfront about about that and she actually I guess on her podcast too and I know Bridget you can weigh in about what she talks about on her podcast as well but they talk about more than things than just weight too they talk about mental illness they talk about um, disorders and people things that people struggle with and so I, I haven't actually listened to too many of of too much of her podcast, but I know she brings on a lot of celebrities and doctors and experts and everything like that too, which I think is a um, a really interesting base of content for sure.
1: Yeah. And I think, especially with her, like she said that, you know, although she had um, her eating disorder that started at 14, she was at least able to switch and be like an activist starting at age 19. So she really talks about like, maybe not canceling out people you know give them the benefit of the doubt so they can like she always talks about progress and not perfection so mm-hmm. it's one of those things if she was canceled way back when for what she said then you talk about Instagram and Facebook and she's able to alter those policies so it's almost impossible to see the diets and detox products if you're 18 and she says like that's one of her most uh, proud accomplishments so far so I know that she her next step is she wants to go you know to congress and change le- legislation you know she was somebody that took these products and she'll never get her health back 100% so I think it's really oh. cool that she's really changing her you know her protest to policy uh-huh. and that's her next step All Right. that's awesome
0: yeah that's cool Because unless you instill some sort of like policy change, it's, I don't know, like it's hard to implement some of these things on some of these platforms if you don't have a policy change, but it's amazing how far you can get as far as the policy change process goes when you have a major influence behind you and a really solid platform to go off of as far as like what you're pitching. So it's, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she was, she was going, she was gunning for the policy change and going to Congress for that because, you know, if you think about it, like some people will say, you know, that's not really as big of a deal as like, you know, health insurance or gun control or some of the things that they're probably, you know, working out in Congress or whatever, But you're you're also talking about the future of America here. You're talking about teenagers who need a better sense of self in order to become effective adults and leaders in the future. And I feel like Gen Z is showing me, based on what I've seen, is showing me that they do have a really good sense of self. They have people like Jamila Jamil, who are their big sister kind of figure. We didn't have that when we were younger. We didn't have people like Lizzo who were like, love yourself. Here's what I'm eating. Cause I have to eat some vegan stuff, <laughs> but here's a cookie that I love too. That type of thing. We didn't have people like that back in the day. I'm trying to think of who we did have. Um, and it was like early, late nineties, early two thousands that the, the chic look at the time was the very emaciated Allie McBeal type of look. And you hear now that these people were absolutely fucking miserable then, they were miserable. They, they were on like the, the model diet of like cigarettes and regret. Like it, that was like it, that was all they they consumed and that's all they had. And it's like, I can't wear low seaweed rise. A oh, wet seaweed, lozen. <laughs> seaweed
2: lozenge. Yeah.
0: And I just remember thinking like, of course I'm not going to look like that. Like I'm growing body, actively growing body parts right now that are not allowing me. Like, I remember when I realized like I have Like a butt, I have wide hips. I was just like, I can't fit. I mean, some of these low-rise jeans like aren't suitable for school for me right now. Like, I can't wear these things, you know. Um, Yeah. But we just didn't have that back then, and and as much as I wish we did, I'm glad we do now. I'm glad that there's a bigger force and a bigger movement and more um, visibility of people like Jamila Jamil, who are unabashedly. Very open about struggles and um, calling out the bullshit, essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think at the end of the day, like it's really powerful that you know she's been able to make the size of the conversation to be mainstream, and so she, you know she can. Although um, she mentioned in I think the Daily Show interview that I watched, like she says that you know she doesn't have people treat her you know, nasty because of her weight, but she can understand and she wants to stand up for other people too. Because mm-hmm. she's like, I don't, she's like, I'm not a size, you know, X. Like, I won't have those same struggles, but I don't think those females should either. So I thought yeah. that was a really cool yes. takeaway.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like that whole changing the like real women have curves, it's like real women have whatever, whatever they Exactly. have, right?
2: Exactly. I,
0: lo- I, I like that change of, of body positivity being just radical self acceptance. Um, you know, we can embrace and like, you know, it's just like, there's always those trolls. There's always those people who just like are going to say some pretty nasty shit, but it's like, it's really kind of coming from a place that they're struggling somewhere too. And they're letting it out in a very nasty way that they don't know how else to, to express themselves. So magazine covers, they can be pretty iconic in a person's career. And I remember when British Vogue's Forces of Change issue came out last year, and Jamila was one of the 15 women selected to appear on the cover of that issue. I mean, like, if which if you want to celebrate women and learn more about their pretty, the pretty fantastic leaders in the world right now, that's actually a really good issue. And it was actually guest edited by the Duchess of Sussex herself and Kappa alum, Meghan Markle and apparently there's like uh-huh. this rumor there's this rumor going around that like I, I guess that they're um, quarantining together and she Jamila Jamil actually like went out on the record and said first of all the tabloids are bullshit because I, I, think, I, I think she only met her like once she's um, like I I'm not quarantining with her <laughs> I know you all want to see us as being best friends and everything but like nah we got our own homes donation spotlight for this episode of that brown girl podcast is on the lgbtq fund as featured on the iway community website with your help the lgbtq freedom fund secures the liberty and safety of people held in jail or immigration detention focusing on lgbtq individuals in tandem this organization raises awareness of the epidemic of lgbtq over incarceration head to lgbtqfund.org to donate. You can also head to our show notes and Instagram for a link.
2: You guys should watch this movie, actually. I just watched it with Shirley MacLaine and Amanda Seyfried. It's um, The Last Word. It's like three different, it's really just Shirley MacLaine and Amanda Seyfried are the main actors, but they have like this one little girl that they have with them for a short time. Um, Basically, long story short, Shirley MacLaine wants Amanda to write her obituary before she's even dead, but she's like afraid that nobody's going to write anything good about her. So she wants to like proofread it and like control all of it before she actually dies. And she's not a great person, you know, and so like, it's kind of like their journey and it's interesting because like the way she treated everybody in her life was like, she just saw like their full potential was very, very hard on them and like went about it really the wrong way her whole life. And everybody hated Mm -hmm. her for it. She just wasn't even talking to her daughter anymore. Like she was not married anymore. And, um, then like they had a moment and she like told Amanda she was like I would never say this to my own daughter but she's like fail I want you to do this because she was trying to do something and she was afraid of it and she was like I want you to do it and I want you I want you to fail like that's the only way that you're gonna learn like and it's yeah everybody says that they do that with their kids but I mean you don't, and naturally, you don't want to, I can imagine, right? Like, you don't want to see your kids get hurt, and if you can avoid it, you'll do whatever you can, but then that also, like you said, dims the light on them. Like, let's say, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a rapper. I knew I would never have a career out of that. Nobody had to really tell me that, but they did say, that's not a career path. Don't do it. I know that that wasn't in the cards for me anyway, but imagine if I had actually had ended up being very good at it somebody just told me once that it's not a career path and then I just like fully discounted it for the rest of my life you know but Mm -hmm. it's like I don't think people realize that like even just saying something small like that like oh if you want to be an astronaut that's a lot of school is a deterrent for children because they already Mm -hmm. don't really love school to begin with so telling them they have to go through more of it's not going to be any helpful like unless they love school but like you (laughs) But, (laughs) but for the most part yeah it's just like the smallest smallest comments i can imagine have such a huge impact on these children especially little girls and
0: especially little girls oh my gosh oh,
2: all of them too like even boys like telling them to stop crying or whatever like mm-hmm. that's right. sad or you know man up is a big thing I'm like toxic why? masculinity
0: yeah yeah no, absolutely i know Mateo five years has old my old hello kitty um, yeah, I love that, and thing. he loves yeah. that thing. He puts all his cars in it, and I just remember, and I won't say who, but a family member of ours said that's for girls, mm-hmm. and and it just like I just said, okay, well now you put it into his head that this is the wrong thing to do, and yeah. you've taken away a, a piece of happiness that he's actually really enjoying. Yeah, exactly. Like, what is what's the point of what's the point of this? He's you're he's not hurting anybody. And then kids will also share it with each other. He had a kid in his class who said, um, I guess, Mateo got in his head, like Elsa. He was watching Elsa from Frozen. And um, so got, he got it in his head. He's like, only girls can be Elsa. And then me being who I am said, anybody can be Elsa. Boys, uh-huh. girls, whatever. They, you can literally, anybody can buy that blue dress, get a blonde wig and put it on. Anybody can be Elsa, you know, not everyone can sing like Elsa because not everybody's Edina Menzel, but that's okay. But, (laughs) um, but then he got in his head, he was just like, wait a second. That's not what my friend at school told me. And I wanted to be like, well, your friend at school probably has some different influences in his life that told you that boys and girls because like it wasn't until he started going to school that he started differentiating what girls do and what boys do what are girl colors and what are boy colors and because we don't do that in our house We, we do not differentiate those things because it's like you like what you like right um and so he told me that and then i put it into his head i'm like i basically said girls can or boys can be elsa too and so every now and again we'll be watching frozen he'll say mom boys can be Elsa too like just making sure like what we talked about like this is this is what we agreed upon right like that kind of thing like yeah yes he's like what if I don't want to be Elsa I'm like you don't have to be that's the beauty of it you can be what you want to be you don't have to be what you want to be he's like yeah I don't like anybody from Frozen (laughs) I was like yeah low-key me neither but it's okay what about Olaf dude Nah, he doesn't like Olaf. He doesn't like Olaf. I don't know. There's no love for Olaf in this house for whatever reason. Um, Moana. Yeah, Moana. Yeah, he. But he'll. He'll like. He really likes the Avengers and all that stuff. But that's not out of like my influence. Like I, I've. I've tried to show him to everything. But he's like naturally gravitated towards the things that people will normally associate with boys. Um, right. Cars, trucks, Avengers, all that kind of stuff. And so as much as I try to, like, really kind of keep it open for him, I think that there are, like, a lot of, like, outside things i try and tell him what boys his age like. But I'd like to think that he's kind of chosen it for himself. That's Yeah, and I was going to say, there's
2: also a strong possibility that he's just genuinely only interested in the boy Mm thing. Yeah.
0: And also, too, like, you know, you are the product of who you're around and you're influenced by. And, you know, he thinks Ryan hung the moon, so anything that Ryan's – involved in. So like motorcycles, cars, trucks, he's like all about it too. You know, he, he'll see me like put on makeup or put on clothes and just look at me. So, oh, that's nice. Is that new? <laughs> that's a, that's oh, a nice a dress mom, you know, that kind of thing. And then, so he yeah. just kind of leaves it at that. And yeah. then when like, I'm painting my nails and everything too. He's like, can I get that too? I said, yeah, of course. He's like, I don't really want to color though. I want clear I'm like all right <laughs> so I just put the clear one and all that stuff that's cute yeah
2: yeah he just like wants to be a part of it which yeah. is cool that like it doesn't have to doesn't have to mean anything right he just wants to yeah. spend time with his mom and she's doing her nails so if that means he paints his nails clear that's you know that's amazing
1: uh, I was just gonna say like I've seen men at the salon they typically just get like the clear coat and stuff mm-hmm. but like
2: or like a pedicure yeah just
1: get their sometimes feet. I do wish Stephen would do that because his feet can be janky sometimes and you know I, I, I said I would buy it I think it's $40 like well spent but I mean they need to get <laughs> transport him from A to B and I don't think <laughs> that's gonna happen <laughs> Just yeah.
0: surprise them.
2: Be like, "We're going to breakfast," and
1: then take them to
0: the salon. <laughs> well, I remember growing up, like, so Mandy like was more of like, and I and I don't mean to use the term as a generalization, but like Mandy was kind of a tomboy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, she liked guns and knives and like all those like little toys. And like I think whenever i get a Barbie doll, Mandy would get a Ken doll. <laughs>
2: Actually,
0: I found him the other day. Did
2: you find Ken? Uh-huh, Camping Ken, and I made him a ring, a thumb ring, too, back then. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a you piece have a thumb of, ring? Yeah, I'll show it to you.
0: Oh, God. You Camp know, Camping a a Ken little, with like, a thumb like, ring. He for sure has bad weed in his car. Like, you know that that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs>
2: well, he's jean shorts. Camping Ken.
0: Hold on. I <laughs> oh. look you got at his, his door
1: Oh, <laughs> the- <laughs> just kidding! He doesn't have bad weed on. in his
0: car. He's got cocaine in his car,
1: dude. Probably. Yeah, this is I, definitely I, like eighties Coke Miami. At least Somali,
2: very least Somali. But yeah, no. I would yeah, hold him up, like, the, up on the screen.
0: Hold him up on the screen, real quick.
2: Camping can. Okay,
0: ring. I just got. I wanted to get a screenshot of him. <laughs> he's so tan
2: (laughs) yeah but that's the thing it's like nobody shamed me for like I wanted to play dolls like with my sister and like my cousins but I didn't necessarily want the Barbie doll Mm -hmm. Camping Ken came with camping gear it's not like I wanted to be a boy Or people wanted to read into it as such they can but like I just genuinely liked what the Ken dolls came with versus what the Barbie dolls came with
0: and if I had, like, a tea like party or a tea like, set. Yeah, fake yeah.
2: The lip gloss that smelled really interesting. <laughs> like, all that stuff, but.
0: Yeah. Like, I had a know. tea party and tea set, and Mady would bring, like, her guns and knives. It's like, this is a party now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this guns, is going to get interesting.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly.
0: I don't know. Is yeah, that, but, like, I mean,
2: nobody had, like. I mean I don't I didn't ever feel like different about it you know that's
0: good yeah Yeah. I felt like because you always
2: played with me and like all our cousins always played with us so it's like it didn't really matter what we played with we all just wanted to play together and I think that's like the thing about being a kid like let them be kids like why do mm-hmm. people have to read into their behaviors so much like oh well why is she playing with that or it's just like let she wants to play with that like,
0: yeah if, if the it. child is killing small animals then yeah look at yeah. what they're doing <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> but but if otherwise they yeah, her- she
2: wants to play with camping Ken doll <laughs> let her play with the camping Ken doll.
1: <laughs> let her put a thumb ring on it yeah. yeah. I was the only girl on my block. So like we all, like I always played Tonka trucks and like yeah. the big wheel and I broke my dad's wheelbarrow once, which she wasn't very <laughs> happy about. Cause we were like throwing rocks and shit in there. But like my parents never like said, Oh, you need to like play with your Barbies now or something. So like, I was kind of like a bro girl back then. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. is that what that means? Yeah. Like brat girl. It's like a TikTok thing. I always sound ridiculous when I refer to TikTok, but it's just like <laughs> bro girls are just like, let's have beer, let's do beer pong, versus like, <laughs> versus like, there's like the one emoji that's just like, oh, let's just like have like a glass of champagne. I mean, I've always kind of known you to like
0: be somebody who's always down to hang, like whether it's with guys or girls, like that says something about you where it's like two of your male friends come down to come hang out with you. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing, you know, weird or anything like that. They just come out to hang with you because they want to go float the river because you live in a really cool place. You're like you're always that person who's down to hang. I wouldn't say that you're because you know, you know there's those girls who are just like, I'm only friends with guys. I don't know what it is, but like I just get along that with like guys. girls it's like, like
2: talking about um all the girls that say they're not like other girls. Yeah. So you <laughs> I eat so much pizza. It's like insane. I eat more pizza than anybody I Oh know. yeah. <laughs> like, no, shut up. I only hang out. I love God. sports. It's like okay. <laughs> so sometimes I just like put water in my face and just like walk out. Like it's just like but, you know <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. You can be
2: that girl, but you don't if you have to talk about it, you're really not that girl. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? And you're probably not that girl, yeah. Exactly. Yeah basically Bridget you are not that girl you you're not, not that the, girl yeah you're not the girl who's just like I only only hang out with guys it's like
1: I've you do eat you since-
2: pizza and drink beer and all those things like it's sure. just the proof is in the pudding you don't have to tell anything like, I would say cool. my
1: girlfriends aren't the girliest girls this is probably yeah. like the closest one with all her makeup but
2: yeah your then. friends are pretty um I would say they're all kind of, pretty, yeah, nobody's like... Pretty
0: diverse, pretty yeah. multifaceted,
1: not one-dimensional. Active. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for her book. Uh, her book gets released next year in March 2021, and it's called Shame. And I think it does have a lot to do with the Iowa movement, but I'm pretty stoked. Nice. When that comes out. Let me go ahead and look it up.
0: You said yeah, Shame. I see that it is coming out on audible as well so if you want to hopefully she gets she's the one who who reads her own book because
2: yeah that would be easy to listen to
0: Mm -hmm. to be so melodic
1: and and pretty
2: i know know. i've been listening to this one book and his voice is like he's scottish this book is really good it's called unfuck yourself
0: i i find that i'm ryan and i are having to re-listen to that i say once every few months just to kind of get out of our heads and
2: yeah, it's, really like, quick, way, like, four hours to listen to yeah. the whole thing, right? Three or four hours. Mm-hmm. There's um, so. a good one you guys might be interested in. It's called uh, Boundaries in the Mind. Yeah, he's um, a doctor, and he has, like, his experimental group and then his control group. But anyways, they were trying to basically establish that people's boundaries have a lot to do. Do like it helps psychologists read into their personality traits and a lot of their actions, which a lot of people have ever really looked into boundaries before. And there's a scale, of course, like loose boundaries and strong boundaries. Most of us are somewhere in the middle, but it's interesting to see, like, even the people who are saying breakfast food is only for breakfast, like, you know, that will only eat breakfast foods in the morning time. No matter if I worked a night shift, I still get home as my night time in my head but it's morning so I'm still only want to eat breakfast like that's like Mm -hmm. even a small boundary that they go into with like literally every single person and then they actually get their whole like life history and it's interesting to see that a lot of our personality is based off of like the boundaries we have and have not set at a really young age and it's a lot of things that I've never even thought about and it's very very interesting to read so I would recommend it
0: Okay. Can you repeat the name of the book when we're in the author?
2: Boundaries in the Mind by Ernest Hartman.
0: MD. Okay. MD. Yeah. All right. Well, Bridget, do you have anything else to add? Thank uh, you for having me.
2: Yeah. Thanks for joining <laughs> us.
0: Yeah. I'm going to... Ooh, camping tent. Ooh. Take it off.
2: Look at his silk white sh- socks, too.
0: Those are church socks right there. Those are
2: church socks.
0: But not a church wow. look, though. <laughs> A church lock <laughs> I think we, we still that have happens. that thing I know thanks for listening thanks for staying tuned we'll see you next week